This show is brought to you by Cakes and Tins, where you can send the people you adore delightful and delicious gifts that give back. Go to cakesintins.com and use the code ACTINGREAL for 10% off. This show is also brought to you by LA Bookmaker, a deluxe stationery shop and custom bookbinder, offering handmade foil stamped cards, high quality calendars, and other ephemeral gifts. Go to la-bookmaker.com. Our clarity story this week comes from Pallavi Srinivasan. She writes, hello, Kat, your podcast was the first one I've ever listened to. Coincidentally, right around the time I began therapy for the first time, I used to listen to your podcasts on the way to and from my appointments and felt so safe in my car knowing that I was listening to artists just like me who had gone through what I was going through. My relationship with therapy continues, and the moment of clarity I experienced this week was the power of personal boundaries. South Asian culture doesn't have this, and even though my therapist had been enforcing this idea of boundaries, I realized recently that I was not keeping my boundaries by constantly offering up information about my truth. Once you offer up your values, beliefs, you also invite people to comment on or judge them. It can be so damaging to constantly defend what you believe in if it goes against what your culture or society has decided is acceptable or normal. Sometimes living in your truth means living it privately and quietly. You don't need to scream your beliefs at the top of your lungs and try to convince others it's your truth. You just need to know that it is true for you, and eventually the people around you will either accept you for who you are or you will release the ones who don't. Thank you so much, Pallavi. This is a beautiful moment of clarity. Um, and we're so grateful to you for sharing it. If you have a story about a time that changed your life, it can be very mundane. You were hanging out by yourself and you had a thought, or it can be crazy, crazy. You uh, were drinking plant medicine and you had a vision. Um, Whatever the story is, if you want to share it, I want to hear it. I really, really, really do want to hear from you. Please email me at claritystories at actingrealpodcast.com. That's claritystories at actingrealpodcast.com. My guest today is Bianca Kylik, who is just a phenomenal human being, um, someone who I knew and sort of watched from afar. And then I met her last year at an audition, and we actually recorded another episode of this uh, closer to then. And then, of course, um, the world has undergone this huge shift, so we decided to totally re-record that episode. Um, and that's what you are hearing today. Uh, we talk a lot about um, our experience, really, of the last year. Um, we talk, you know, Bianca started, um, I always ask my guest if if there's something that maybe they don't want to talk about. Um <laughs> And, uh, and, you know, I say like, is there anything you want to avoid? Most of the time I say, no, 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 ask me anything. And then I always say, well, you know, I, I can, I can take it out later if you're uncomfortable. Cause I never want people to feel like they have to, you know, edit themselves or withhold. Um, which of course 
you know, you sort of naturally do anyway when the conversation is being recorded, although some people not as much. Uh, it just depends. Anyway, she was like, don't talk about politics. Let's, let's not talk about politics. <laughs> and then, of course, we basically spend the first half of this episode talking about politics. Not so specifically, um, really more we talk about the conversation of like how to talk about politics and um, why that conversation is and has been difficult. Um, and, you know, it's so interesting, like in some ways these times have been so divisive, like people seem to have such extreme opinions on one side or the other. Um, and then also, of course, these times have been so connective, um, if only in the sense that we realize how quickly <laughs> disease spreads from one person to another by way of particles in the air. I mean, you know, if we didn't think our bodies were connected to other bodies before, now I think we have a really clear um, idea of just how connected we are across this globe. Um, so... Anyway, that's interesting. Um, so yeah, we talk a lot about uh, politics without sort of talking with really sort of more like the feelings around politics and the feelings around the discussion of politics. Um, and then we talk about other stuff. We talk, we get into self-care and um, it's really an episode full of a lot of feeling and um, a lot of conversation about contending with feelings. And, um, and I think it's really interesting stuff. So uh if you don't know Bianca, um, she's known mainly for starring on the series Rules of Engagement and Undateable. Um, she also has had heavy recurring roles on the Amazon series Bosch and on the CW show Legacies. And she's also been in like a million other things. Um, I love talking to her and I hope uh, that you love listening to our conversation as always. Thanks, guys. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. And you must use the play. Got it. You must okay, use hi. it. Okay, hi. Hi. For like the fourth time today. So we... Or I don't know. So, uh, well, we tried to record this earlier, but we were having internet issues. Um, as one does. As one these does. Days. Um, and we uh, we were going, so we actually recorded an, an episode like a year ago, right? Um, and um, we just decided to re-record because it felt like it's been a long time and like so much has changed. And yet- so much yeah. hasn't, but I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even feel like the same person anymore. I don't even know what's going on. Well, what's tell going. me about that. Like what, what feels different for you? Um, you know, I think I used to have very strong opinions about things. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, that's something that I've always been working on just in general, like in therapy and stuff, always working on understanding other people better and, you know, looking at things from different perspectives. But like, I feel like this whole crazy last year has really helped me to um, 
realize like I can feel what I feel about what I feel or what I think, um, but that uh, there's a difference between like feeling something because it's genuinely what you feel and feeling something because you have to prove that you're right about it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like um, my, a lot of my witnessing of myself and others this last year has been that I think because there were so many unknowns and so much fear mongering taking place that um, at least from my, my experience of myself, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but it seemed like people grasped onto ideas um, and held on to them very tightly because they felt like if they didn't fight for what they believed in, then they weren't going to feel like they had the right to believe in it, you know, or I, if I'm speaking for myself saying like, I, I went through this whole thing where I realized, um, why am I like, why am I investing so much time and energy in this particular belief system, whatever it happened to be? I mean, it could just be like, oh, this method of acting is better, is better than that method of acting. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to use one that's that, that's non-controversial. Um, you know, and I realized like there was a uh there was this fear that like if I didn't have if I didn't fight for it and if I didn't have facts and things to back it up, like then I didn't get to I didn't get permission to feel the way that I felt about those things. And I think what's changed the most for me is that in recognizing like, oh no, I actually get to feel what I feel about something because, because I do. And um, that like release of having to hold, having to, to stockpile, you know, background information to have at the ready to defend my side has actually also allowed me to, to really accept that people feel differently. And I, and I feel like, you know, we used to be, I think, in the olden days, whenever that was. <laughs> I mean, that could, but that, like, you could have discourse about things, and you could have a disagreement with someone, and you could you could speak freely about the way that you felt about things. And I feel like what was scary to me about this year was that you couldn't, if if you thought differently from someone someone else, um, then there was, uh, you know, you were a bad person. Or so like, obviously, you know, I don't want to like push you really, but I just would do want to push you just like a little bit. And yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just interested in like, just to get a little bit more into the specifics of like, you had an opinion about something that sounds like was unpopular. Is that well, I mean, I had I had a lot of opinions. I mean, I, I as much as anyone, like just in over the course of the last year, I wouldn't even say that like my opinions were my opinions were really neither here nor there. My opinions laid actually somewhere in the middle of a lot of what was going on. And so I was, you know, I mean, we could, even though I said, like, let's not talk about politics, we could, we could use that as a good example, which is that for me. Um, I felt like in observing what happened this last year, it felt like there were um, 
you know, whether you were on one side or the other. And I, I don't think there were just two sides. I mean, I think there were a, a lot of, of now, are you talking about like Trump, like Biden, Trump and Biden yeah. about vaccines? Or are you talking about George Floyd? Uh, I mean, I'm ta- I'm talking about everything. I mean, I'm just really, honestly, for me, I, I will say this for me, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a with, I don't know if withdrawal is the right word, but like a, um, a stepping back to look at everything from a distance. And what my experience was is that I would, I would look at the two sides of anything you're talking about. And I would feel like, well, it kind of seems like people on either side are getting equally as angry Mm -hmm. and have kind of equally as, um, built up logic but they weren't everyone seemed like they were so intent on fighting for the right to be right about it that they weren't able to just sit and say you know um i I read this amazing story about this man um uh a a a black man who became friends with a with a clans member Mm. and um they just became friends and i can't even remember where i read the article and um, over over time, like the he never tried to to change the clan's member member's mind. He just was his friend. And over time, he the the guy left the clan, you know. And I and I think that's the thing is like I have felt very um, confused. I think over the past year because a lot of people that I really like and respect have stood on either side of an issue. I, I knew people that were Trump supporters. I knew people that were Biden supporters. And um, and there was such hatred in between the two sides. And, you know, um, do you do you ever, do you know Byron Katie at all? Do you know Byron Katie's yeah, work? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. There was, she has a great I'm video. At, of, her, at her book right now. Yeah, she has, a, she has an amazing video up about, um, uh, I mean, she has so many amazing videos and if you just watch any of hers, but her, for anyone who doesn't know, like her, her process is called the work. And it's basically like taking any kind of um, belief or thought that you have about someone and turning and basically kind of turning it around to look at it from a different perspective. And um, she has this woman on who like, it's like, I mean, this was before this last year, I think this was an older video, but it, but it's talking about um, the woman who is so scared of, of Trump. Mm. And, um, and, and then at the end of it, like a guy comes up to her. I mean, she tells this later, the, the woman, a guy comes up to her and he goes, um, he just wanted, wanted to introduce myself. And she went to go, can I give you a hug? She went to go give him a hug. He's like, I don't know if you want to hug me because I'm a Trump supporter. Yeah. And, um, and so, it, you know, and I, and I think like, you know, underneath it all, like we all want the same things, don't we? Really? I mean, I, I think that we, we, it's easy to um, personalize when somebody d- disagrees with you on your views. And especially because I feel like these days there's such strong input from like the media and social media about how thinking this way means something and how thinking the other way me- means another. Um, but I, but I think like, ultimately, I really do believe that we're all just trying to find 
the path that will make us feel better. And, you know, we all have reasons behind the beliefs that we have. And, and some of those are because we think that, you know, somebody might take better care of our family or someone might be able to stand up for things that are more important to us than others. But, um, but I really do feel like I, I have come out of this last year feeling completely and utterly non-threatened by anyone who has a strong opinion about something. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I don't really have that strong of opinions about things anymore. I, I, I genuinely feel like I trust that, um, we're all held and that there's a very specific journey we're all on and that, um, it's always working out for all of us, even though it may look like it's really fucked up. Um, I do think, I, I do believe there is a, there, I personally believe that there is a, um, greater intelligence at play and whether you want to call that God or whether you want to call that uh, what, aliens, karma. Yeah, karma. Yeah. And any of it, um, I do, I do think like ultimately it's a very finite amount of time that we're here and that it's almost laughable how insignificant our, what happens between our birth and our death is and that the greater part of what we are happens on either end of that, you know? Um, and so like, this really is just a game that we're all here to play. You know, I'm so moved by what you're saying. Oh my God, I'm actually, I might cry a little. <laughs> I'm really moved by what you're saying, but I think what I'm more, even more like moved by is just how, um, like how everything you said feels so like heretical, you know what I mean? Like how you're like almost like nervous to say what you just said, <laughs> right. you know, because it's actually like what you're saying is like so full of humanity and compassion. And, um, and I agree with you, we're all humans and we have uh, fundamental human needs and we have fundamental feelings and those feelings are the same human to human to human. And it, whether you're the worst bigot, most sexist, racist, homophobic human in the world, um, or you're the most liberal, uh, you know, um, whatever on that side of the thing. And you, you feel sad when your parent dies or, or your child dies or, um, you know, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really, um, it's really beautiful what you say. And I really agree with everything that you just said. Um, and, um, and I have gotten really fucking fired up and political this year in a way that I haven't frankly really in the past. And I think what's really fired me up is just this, um, depth of awareness that, um, that I, I don't, I, I didn't, you know, like, like I'm, I'm educated and I'm educated, like on the left side of the country, you know, and I, and I know, right. um, like I'm very aware of the atrocity that was slavery, you know what I mean? And, um, and I am aware how, you know, black people have been disenfranchised um, and how racism is institutionalized. Like I'm aware of these things, but I don't think I um, was, I, I don't think that it, it was, it wasn't something that I, I, I don't think I understood. Um, I really, 
I hadn't been called until this year, called on to really reflect on my privilege as a white person. And like, just like, you know, taking so many things for granted, like, um, you know, like one of the, I remember this time, and this happened probably like six months ago, where we were going to the beach, my husband and my daughter, and I had gone to the beach and we parked our car and we had our dog with us and we parked our car. We walked like to the edge of the beach and we realized that there was a sign that said no dogs allowed. And I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, like, yeah, they won't care. I mean, our dog is a little dog. Like we're just going to take our dog, you know? And like, it was just so, and then there was a voice that said like, that's straight up white privilege. Like that is straight up. Like I'm a white woman. I'm let's say a cop saw me, like, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like tell me to put my car, my dog back in my car. Fine. You know? And so like, you know, I think, um, I think kind of where I end up going with the whole conversation is just that there are groups that suffer more on the whole, it would seem, than other groups. And there are actions that are, or crimes or injustices that are committed that cause more suffering than other actions and other injustices. Or, you know, there are laws that are made that cause more suffering. There are you know, I would say probably as a whole, police have caused more suffering than lifeguards. Do you know what I mean? I, although who the, you know, like I'm just making that up, right? But like, <laughs> I just, I think like where I ultimately go with a conversation is in a very general sense, like, you know, when it, when the thing or the person causes the suffering, the greater the suffering that the thing or the person causes the 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 greater the malevolent force of that person or thing you know and that the less we ourselves have been touched by suffering the more it is our duty to stand up for those who have been more touched by the suffering do you know right so like ultimately like that's where i kind of go is that even though yes like in a sense it all, it all washes out, you know what I mean? Or whatever they, it all comes out in the wash, comes out in the wash, like over centuries over, you know, when you think about the billions, I mean, I don't know how many people are on our planet trillions. Like, I don't know things like that, but like like 7.3 billion, I think right now. Billions. Right. And like over the lifetimes and, you know, over like the cycles and the blah, I mean, yeah, like, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, I don't know, 2000 years from now, it's all going to look so different and people's kids and parents die and tragic things happen and we all suffer and we all prevail in some small way over the course of this. If you really, 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 really like really zoom out. Yeah. Um, So yes. And like in the immediate, I'm just very aware of the suffering of some and how, it feels greater and more unjust than the suffering of others, you know? Well, and I, I, I personally think that, um, you know, I, there, who am I 
to ever comment on someone else's experience. It's not my experience. I, I, I can't, would never think to say, uh, no, I'm sorry, you, you didn't have that experience. No, regardless of, of, of what um, my beliefs are uh, or what my um, perceptions are of things, um, people have the right to claim their own experience. And, you know, the way that I have kind of looked at, uh, I've been listening to this guy, Daniel Schmachtenberger, who I love. And I just, the way, who is he? Yeah. Is he like a, uh, what is he? I I can't even, I can't even tell you. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. He's the least of information of anyone I've ever tried to look up on the internet, but like, he's so smart and brilliant. And I love listening to him talk and, um, you know, something that he said is like, what's, what separates us from animals is that, you know, most animals are born into a, a pretty much, um, an, a similar sort of environment, like animals when they're born are usually pretty independent very quickly because typically that animal will be in the same sort of habitat always right bears will be in the woods you know fish will be in the water um birds will be in a nest in the tree like they're they're where they are doesn't really vary all that much it's it's um you know already kind of predestined ahead of time human beings we can be anywhere and so the reason it takes us this you know year or so to even start to walk or to talk or to do all that is because we're absorbing what it is that's around us. And so I am a very um, fine-tuned product of what my surroundings have been. So how the hell could I ever say anything about anyone else's experience Um, other than what I feel is my duty as a fellow human being to hold the space for that, Mm. to, to, uh, allow for someone to express what it has been like for them, what it has felt like, and to honor that. And if someone requires assistance and I'm in a position where I can assist and, and help out, um, obviously I always would. But I also think that you can drive yourself loony thinking about all the suffering in the world. Um, And, you know, right now, the thing that's will really get my goat and uh, gets me pretty emotional is thinking about all the children who have been uh, stuck at home Mm-hmm. with parents who are not capable or do not have the tools to be supportive, loving parents right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my daughter, this experience has been incredibly um, fine for her mm-hmm. because she was at home with two parents who have the means to do the work on themselves and continued to get to go to therapy online while we were all, you know, staying at home and who had family and friends to check in on us and had a mom who would come and give us a little break. And we have one child, 
Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's a whole freaking part of this country that, that not going to school meant that they didn't get meals. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I, so like, I can go there. I can, I can definitely go down that road. Um, but what good is that really doing? Just focusing on, you know, that one, um, particular circumstance that's happening right now among millions of other circumstances. Um, and so I think like I can choose where I, where I am best able to help and to, to uh, contribute and to be there for, for fellow human beings. Um, and I, and I do that. And then I, and then I realize like anything else is, is detrimental to my ability to do that. It's detrimental mm -hmm. to my ability to um, take care of my kid and my husband, who are my first priority, and then to um, ultimately take care of myself first. Because if I don't take care of myself first, then then I, then it's fucked. The whole thing is not. There's nothing for anybody else. Yeah. Um. You know. But like, I I think that um. I, I don't spend a ton of time. Because unless I'm where something is happening and seeing it firsthand, I don't really know what's happening. I can dig and, and try and research and talk to people who are down on the ground and what's, what can I do, you know, but I feel like what's happened lately is, is that um, we're all getting up in arms about a lot of stuff that we don't know the facts and that it's not doing anybody any good to get ourselves angry about it. Because anger to me is not productive. Anger doesn't help anyone. You cannot do what you need to do and what our duty is to do as human beings if we're enraged. Some people, people who are in it and in the midst of it, yes, they can get angry because they're in it. And sometimes anger is a better emotion than desperation or, um, or, or, or uh, apathy or whatever happens to somebody when they go through trauma. Um, me personally, anger is not a productive place. It do that does not allow me to be my best self. So like, what do you, okay, so, okay, so you're right. Like, of course we don't know facts. We haven't seen it firsthand, but like there's a lot of evidence that there's just some really fucked up shit happening, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, families and, and that, and so like, and by the way, yeah, like, um, I don't believe that anger alone serves a purpose. Although for some people, of course, like that is what drives them. And there are a lot of activists throughout the history of time who have used anger as like their greatest fuel. And probably Absolutely. it's arguable that like a lot of change that has really in, in what I believe is the right direction, um, has stemmed from rage. And, um, so I don't, I, I'm that said, I'm well, saying I'm personally just, for me, yeah. I'm saying personally for me, I mean, sometimes I have a tendency when I talk to say like we or what, but I'm speaking from my own. Right. But I, so right. I'm asking you, yeah, again, I get it. And, and you're right, by the way, like, look, I'm a parent too. And like, I, as a parent, although, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of activists who are parents. I mean, I can't call myself an activist, very frankly, like, I don't think I do enough work. I mean, I donate and I raise awareness in all the ways that I can. Um, 
but I am certainly not, you know, I go to protests sometimes, but like, I'm not, you know, like I know people who are fucking on the front lines of things, um, you know, donating their physical effort and, um, and really, really, um, investing their time and energy in like a big way to, you know, help causes, um, and help you know, to, to foment movements and all of that stuff. So I'm not, I'm not there. So I would agree that for me, um, to like sit around and be like angry and pissed off about, you know, the state of the world is not a very productive way of spending my time. I would agree that like much better for me to, as you said, um, put myself in a place where I can hold space to, to four people who are suffering, um, whether that's like my neighbor who, you know, her whole family got COVID and, you know, I can listen to her and help her through that. Or my friend whose cousin just tragically died of cancer, like whatever the thing is on a micro level, it's much more beneficial for me to do the meditation, the working out, the therapy, the journaling, the like whatever my thing is to to be in a space where I can adequately mirror someone and listen compassionately. Um, Because like in a moment to moment way, that's for me, that's gonna be much more like a mode wherein I can be of service. Also, I, I, I just think that, you know, some people know what they're called to. Some people yeah. know, they feel it from the base of their being. Uh, this is who I am. I'm going to, you know, this, they, they know exactly where they want to go and wh- where they want to help. And um, for them, it's, you know, organizing a, 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 or, a foundation or something that they just, and, and, and that's not me. I, I'm I'm someone who I need it to um, arise more organically, and I just find that when I um, stop telling myself uh, I got to figure this out, and I stop looking for specifically what it is that I'm going to do, and I instead focus on um, getting quiet and you know being at peace and get myself off social media and stop scrolling and looking at everything that everybody has to say, that stuff arises. And it's, and that is where it becomes very clear for me. Um, I need a little more time because my approach I think is much more about um, love. You know, I, I don't, I'm not someone who, who feels good angry fighting. And, and it's not about me. Well, it is about me feeling good because, because I, I, I'm not, I can't help anyone if I'm coming from a place where I'm angry, my body is not capable of doing what it needs to do when there is anger in it. Some people need that. And that's fine. That's weird. Like I was saying earlier, everybody has to come at it where they are their most, where they're their strongest self. That's not me. Um, I get really, um, uh, anxious and I get really uncertain and I get really indecisive. And then I feel like 
I am reacting instead of proactively stepping into alignment with something that I'm called to do. And those things always work out so much better for the people involved than when I come at it from a place of, I have to do this because this is what's right. And this is, you know, I'm going to make my stand. And um, that's not who I am. And that's mm -hmm. not who I came here to be. And it took me a long time to figure that out. But this year has expedited that process for me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. And um, yeah, it's really, you know, it's so, it's so tricky, right? Because it's like, you know, it's very easy to say, well, this is right. And this is wrong. There is no but right then or wrong. on a whole other level. There is no right or wrong. But then yeah. also again, like there's the whole other level where like, yeah, like suffering is not right. You know, like that's, if it's but every, suffering. but everyone suffers. I mean, everyone that's suffers, right? everyone but is like, suffering, causing suffering. Yeah, but it's all but it's all cyclical is the thing like people cause suffering because they are suffering and they are suffering because someone who is suffering did something to them i mean it's you that's know, right but so it's like which direction are we gonna go in do you know what i mean like are we going to uplift or are we going to undermine are we going to like cause forward motion in a way that is full of love or are we going to cause forward motion in a way that is full of fear and like yeah. i do i do think i mean look we're, what, we're, what we're talking about essentially is like more, more moral relativism right because there is a way of saying well no we have you know so, so to some people hitler was right you know what i mean like this is where you go um and of course yeah to some people hitler was right but then like i go but no, because 6 million people were tortured and murdered under Hitler. And I cannot say that even though some people thought Hitler was right, that that is equal to 6 million people tor being tortured and dying. Yeah, I, I just don't I just don't think we can look at it in a way that it, any of it in a way that um, makes sense. I don't think there's sense to be made. And I think that's personally, I think that's part of the problem. Um, if we could make sense of things, <laughs> it would be a much different world. I mean, look, here's like to me, to me, look, there there is a way to talk about this, and it just it's like what the lens is, right? So, like a, 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 a someone who's a political science major, or someone who is a history major, or someone who's a philosophy major, like there are a lot of ways to talk about this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that it sounds like you want to engage with this stuff. And frankly, the way I, I also love to engage with this stuff is by really talking about like, we, we're here to live lives that we love. We're here to thrive. We're here to grow. We're here to expand. We're here to create. We're here to, um, to make the world a better place in whatever ways that we're gifted to do that. Um, and so like, you know, it's not, it, it's, um, we can always, we can choose to approach any topic um, in a way that is designed to uplift us or in a way that is either designed or unconsciously um, designed or or un, i guess you would say like unconsciously structured to kind of like piss us off and bring us down right? right and there's like so many ways 
to address all of this. And, and, you know, and I think like this has been such a divisive time in that people's opinions about things are so strong and, um, it's, it's a really interesting moment, um, in history that, that really does feel like people are sort of on opposite ends, you know, of different, of spectrums. Like very few people are like kind of middle of the road right now. It feels like. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, I think that this is why I love what we do for a living because I do believe that art, you know, they always say that <clears throat> art is the lie that tells the truth. It's, I don't know whose quote that is, but I quote it a lot and I probably should look up who it is. You can look it up. Art <laughs> is the lie that tells the truth. Yeah. Or some, or some version of that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Tell me who it is. Uh, we had. Well, in the, in the olden days when we recorded live, we yeah, Raka, our engine. That's right. That's because I think that, that there was something we were talking about, and, yeah, and but he brought that up. But, yeah. but I, you know, I, I think like, um, I don't know when I when I'm working, and more often, um, you know, when I'm working on on things that I'm writing or that uh that I'm you know um kind of allowing to speak through me because I, I I do think that like again, when you get quiet enough and still enough, um, stuff comes to you that I really genuinely believe is not, it's not me doing that. It's, it's whatever it is, the, the, the great mystery beyond, you know, really. Well, do you believe in God? Is that, would you say God? I, I mean, I say God, but that, what that is has become very, I mean, I, I was raised Catholic. So God was a very specific thing growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's funny you asked that. Cause actually just yesterday I was saying a little prayer just in my head and I was like, am I still cool with the word God? Like, is God, <laughs> like, does God work for me? Does that, does that term work for me? And, and, you know, really it's like kind of changes on the daily. Like I, I, yes, I, I very much believe in God. What that is has, has significantly, um, shifted over the course of, of my life. And, um, but I, 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 I think I went through a period of time a couple of years ago where I thought maybe I didn't believe in God anymore. Mm. And that was a dark period. Um, but, it, but I'm really happy. I'm really glad I went through it now because I, I feel very connected to what I believe that is now. Mm. Um, and actually for me, it doesn't even really have to have a name or it's just, it's just uh, an essence of something that I feel very strongly held by. And, um, and, and, and the way that I, how I knew I was so strongly connected to it was that to me, it doesn't matter what anyone calls it. Like if you, if you're, if you're, uh, uh, you know, Catholic or Christian or Jewish, and you're talking about your God or, or any other, whatever the hundreds of millions of religions or whatever, anybody believe, I mean, even atheists, who speak, speak to me, we're, we're, we're speaking the same language to me. It is. So it's, it's all of that. And I, I can go into a conversation with anybody who's, who's quote unquote, God is whatever their culture believe, And I'm, I'm in there with them. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's my God right then when we're speaking. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, 
like the the work that we get to do and i think the work that like both you and i strive for um for me personally like i haven't gotten to do that job yet that um where i really feel like yeah like this is this is the meat of what i'm talking about but it's but it's that story um you know diving into story is such a beautiful way to convey to people the the essence of being human and i and i what i'm discovering as i dive deeper and deeper into my work is that um all stories are are ours that there is no story that i can't say oh yeah i i i that's in me that that the essence of that and that you know that's why i was saying to you earlier like at the at the basis of it all we all fundamentally want the same things and i think ultimately we all want to be free you know and 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 freedom really is a state of mind it's it's i mean i think we've been so conditioned to believe it's having money and a house and a car and it's very easy to say that as somebody who has those things of course mm -hmm. um but you know i've gone from um living in a 8000 square foot home to you know a little over a 1000 square foot home still a lot more than a lot of people a lot of people have but like it has made me realize we need so little of what we have i mean i'm still constantly downsizing and trying to let go of more and i still have those fears come up that like um you know someone will come over and they'll be like oh, i thought she was like a big time actress uh -huh. <laughs> So like, it's not, I'm not, the work is not done and it never will be. Yeah. But, but I, but the, the point I was trying to make mostly is just that we are all the same. I really genuinely feel that. And I genuinely feel love and compassion for everyone that I come in contact with. Um, the interesting thing is the people that I'm the closest to, it's the hardest. This is the hardest for me to have compassion. I have much easier time having compassion and love for someone that I've never met, yeah. um, you know, or or someone that I that I have just met. Um, you know, my family. It's that's where it gets the hardest for me. Sure, um, it triggers the most. But but I well, because we have so much more story around. Oh yeah. Oh my god. People. Yeah. And it, and it and it goes so it goes so deep. You know, I think too something interesting that happened to me during the, the pandemic is I, I discovered a connection, um, you know, and, and, and you were talking about this, or maybe it just popped up in my head, you know, when you were talking about slavery and the fact that, you know, sto the stories are in our blood, you know, and, and this has been proven. Have you ever heard of the, the, the study done with the, the mice and the cherry blossoms? No. You know about this? So they they uh took mice and they would have them smell cherry blossoms and then they would shock them. Ugh. And they continually did this until the mice, once they got a whiff of cherry blossom, they would shrink back. Yeah, I know it's horrible. Um as far as four generations later, the mice would shrink back when they yeah. smell cherry blossoms. Yeah, that's morphic resonance. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So you 
so you know the the fact of the matter is is that the these stories are are not only in us but they're so much a part of us that unconsciously we don't even realize that we're reacting to things that happen to us in this way oh, i think um, that's exactly right which is by the way like you know i mean i mean look the story of enslavement uh you know the way that you know the uh, the black kid that's born today feels the stories from that time and the way that we feel the stories from this time are different do you know yeah i mean like we were on the side of the people that weren't like beaten and trapped you know <laughs> so i mean yeah. it is it is it, and and therefore like all the more reason to have such a deeper compassion for you know what 400 years ago has done to um us all today you know i mean obviously compassion for all of the black people who uh you know who have descended from yeah, those i mean those those stories are those stories are still deeply in them and and many of them don't realize it because this isn't something that's talked about. It's not something that, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people, I think, consider it woo woo. And resonance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, you hear that about a lot of things where people say like, well, that happened a long time ago. So like, the, yeah, ago. the people, I mean, my, so my dad, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, I was just going to ask you like, what, like how personally do you, like I have, I have family trauma. I have generations of family trauma that I yeah. very much feel or that I, you know, that I've done a lot of work on in my daily life. Like, you know, the things that maybe happened to me are so much less in scope than maybe what happened five generations ago. And yet that same trauma, that same pattern has like, just gone down and down and down through time yeah absolutely well that's what i was starting to say was like at the beginning of this whole thing i i um was having a lot of emotions and um you know speaking with someone who was asking about my dad's side of the family and um my so my dad you know was born in the former um czechoslovakia and uh, you know when he was a young boy the communists took over and um everything changed and he ended up escaping with his younger brother. Uh, they never saw, he saw his, um, some of his family, but he never saw his father again. Like they couldn't tell anyone they had to, you know, they left, but um, my grandparents had this really big, beautiful villa in this small town of um, Pieszyny in Slovakia. And um, it was, it was, taken over. They were, they were forced to live in like a small little um, corner unit and, and they took the entire place over. And so I have, which what came up for me is uh, I have this, this very um, strong, uh, stubborn, like feeling of never letting anyone push me around. Right. Mm -hmm. Like everything has to be my own. And it, when I connected those two, it was crazy because I, it, it was so shocking that I had like such a visceral response to it because it made so much sense. Like finally I was like, oh, because sometimes those feelings would come up and be so strong 
that I would be like, this is ridiculous. This has no bearing on really what's actually happening right now. And, um, you know, they, my therapist always loves to say like, if it's hysterical, it's historical. My therapist used to say that too. Really? <laughs> I think it's a quote from Jung maybe, or maybe Freud. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've heard many people when say it, but I, but I, but I always remind myself of that when, when I have what seems to be an overreaction to something, um, like, oh, this is, this is hysterical. So, you know, and, and the hard part is historical doesn't necessarily mean in this lifetime, historical right. can mean your grandmother's grandmother, yeah. you know, had something insane happen. And, you know, listen, I, I think everyone could use some tenderness right now. I mean, I, I wish there was a better way for us to hold space for everyone. Um, cause I don't always know what that looks like. Um, I, I try to do it the best I can. Um, and it's hard when we're still somewhat distanced from each other, um, you know, to, sh to show up and to, um, just tell people I'm here and anything you need, um, you know, I, I, I've been doing a lot of, um, like physical, uh, exercises with my body and it's incredible, like what comes out of you. And it just is like, so many people are walking around with this shit just, and they don't even know it. They don't even like know. Like, tell me about the physical exercises. Um, th there's like, it's like a lot of, uh, somatic, like breathing exercises or things where you, um, can kind of just get in touch with, I mean, I, I've been doing this stuff for the last 20 years. I think that like, I'm finally, and that's the thing too, is like, I mean, I have so much compassion. I, I really don't like the word compassion. I have to say, I don't know why, but it makes it, it feels, um, pretentious. Mm. I, I need to come up with a better word than compassion, even though I know it is a good word. I just always feel like, I don't know. It empathy feels like it maybe has empathy. Empathy is a good, yes. Empathy is a, is a good, or, yeah. Well, except that empathy, I feel like implies, like, I don't always completely understand what somebody's going through. Sure. And, um, and I do my best to, to, to be there for it. Um, but, uh, um, I just think that like, I have so much support and it's so hard for me to do some of this work. And that's when I stop and I think like, how can anybody who doesn't even have a quarter of the kinds of things that I have had access to? Um, like, are you talking about therapy? Any of it, therapy, like family loving family friend. members, uh -huh. like, um, you know, uh, I mean, I mean, I've done so much crazy shit, you know, yeah, I've done, yeah. I, I like, I've done it all. And, and, you know, this past year when the, when stuff got crazy, um, I, I fell head over heels into a phone addiction. I could not get off my phone because I was so <laughs> like, what's happening? What, what's happening to everything? Like the world is falling apart. This is crazy. Like, so I would just like, I mean, I, and I've always been that way. Like, I remember back when I was a kid, like if a big plane crash disaster happened, yeah, I would like read every newspaper that I could. I wanted, and I would, it's probably why I'm an actor because I would literally like try to read firsthand accounts and imagine myself. Like, I remember there's one plane crash where the plane flipped over and this woman was talking about being strapped in 
hung upside down in her seat. And I was like imagining myself hanging yeah. there, like, yeah. like seven years old. Like that's <laughs> not, that's not normal. Um, but, but yeah, but I mean, you know, I, and I, I'm so lucky that I'm married to a person who was an addict, is an addict. Cause I guess you never really stop being that. Uh-huh. Um, and I was so ashamed because I was like, I know better. I mean, the last podcast that we talked, that we talked on, I was like, you were all um, geeking out. Cause I only had one picture on my, oh, yeah, on my social Instagram. media. Yeah. You told me I read that book. What was it breaking up with how to break up with your phone, how to break up your phone. I mean, and yeah. I, and I was like, I did awesome. I was like, I think I went like three months and was like totally, and then this whole thing happened. And, but, but I, but I, what I thought was so interesting was the shame because yeah. I couldn't stop. And I could see how it was like affecting me um, as a mother and as a wife and as a friend. And I couldn't stop talking about everything, like trying to process, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, you know, so much fear. And then I finally was, you know, had a, Mike and I, I remember um, we went out to dinner. It was like when everything had kind of reopened and restaurants were having like outdoor dining and we were like, we haven't been out on a date in like six months at this point or something. So we were like, let's go walk down the street and have dinner. And I remember like, I was like, I, I don't know how to put down my phone. Yeah. And I felt so little. I felt so small and so embarrassed. I mean, really shame. It wasn't just embarrassed. And, you know, that's why I just feel so fortunate to have someone who understand this so well, because he was, he was, you know, really um, non-judgmental and loving. And he was like, it's bigger than you. And you have to surrender to it. You have to understand like there's, you, you can't just fix this. That's not how it works. Um, and, but, but what it made me realize is like, number one, I think we all have addiction issues. Cause I think we're all trying to escape the lack of real connection. Cause as we dive deeper and deeper into this, you know, techno crazed world where, I mean, even now everything is like on zoom and whatever. It's like, we're so lacking that physical connection with each other and it's a hole and we're desperately trying to fill it. And, um, and it's, you know, exacerbated by the fact that there's also so much fear because we have just had, you know, fear porn on the news 24 seven and um and such lack of transparency about what's actually happening well and um, like and like people are dying and like they're and like we're like suddenly i mean i'm just so amazed by like humans like we're all wearing masks now like just like how like people like it's just changed like our whole yeah like it's natural like to feel fear right now and and I agree with you. It's exacerbated by the news and. But I, but I also think like we don't even take in consider in consideration because we're so resilient, like we just or I mean think about it. Like think about how it unfolded. It was like oh this this crazy scary thing is coming. Everybody stay home. Okay, we all stayed home. Then um, except for people who had to work, who were I, I I mean I don't know how those people did it. And I you know 
and talked to a couple people and the amount of stress and anxiety and oh, yeah. oh my God, just heartbreaking. And then yeah. like, and then it was the masks and then the plexiglass went up everywhere. And then it was like the stickers and the lines. And what I don't think that we realize is how traumatizing yeah. every step of that was. And yet, because we were just trying to make it, like none of us really acknowledged how disruptive this was internally on our psyche. Like no one has really, I think, dealt with how fucking insane it is that the whole world ch changed in like a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. And and like, we were all like, oh, okay, this is what we do now. Like, this is what yeah, we're doing we're like now. Playing catch up still, you know, and it's still sort of like a matter of survival and things keep changing, you know? Yeah. Um, and like new circumstances, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I genuinely think there are people that will never come back from this. Like, I think there are people that will, this is it. Like they will stay in their homes. Yeah. I mean, well, also it's like the instances of domestic abuse. I mean, it's just like, everything. Oh I mean, that's the thing is, is like you can alcoholism. It's, I mean, it's horrifying. Like you can literally just fall down this rabbit hole of, the horror, the absolute. And so have, have you forgiven yourself for your phone use? Oh, yes. And I, and I made it to the other side. I, okay. I definitely, um, you know, I just realized like I have this little, was um, this date your rock bottom with your phone? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh no. It, it had many peaks and valleys. It was okay. like, and that's the other thing is like, I, I also think it's so important um, this is what I learned. My takeaway from this is like, nothing happens right away. Like no, no, nothing is like, oh, you make a decision and suddenly you fixed it. It's not how we work. Usually. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I think like there's, you know, even Mike in his recovery, he, he didn't get sober until his third rehab stint mm -hmm. and, and stuck with it. And, and the crazy thing about that is that was the time that wasn't like, it wasn't court ordered. He didn't OD. Like this was the time that he was literally like sitting in his, in his, in a hotel room. And it was like, I can't do this anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's not the big dramatic thing where you make the change, but like, I I've said this, uh, to myself periodically throughout this whole experience, which is that, um, when I start over, when I, um, when it appears that I have fallen and I'm, and I'm getting back up or, you know, it's like, oh, I fucked up and I'm back where I started again. You aren't, you're never back where you started. You've yeah. always, the, the, you've changed the makeup of yourself. You're starting from, I mean, this is the thing is like, nothing is linear. And we have this idea that like, everything is from A to B to C to D, you know, but that's not life. It's like, I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm pretty sure we're in different freaking dimensions at all different times. Like I, yeah, life is so much more mysterious than we, than we allow ourselves to, to experience. Yeah. I think and, so. and, you know, and I think like what I always tell myself is like, it's just, this is all just part of it's all part of the dance. It's, you know, yeah, um, I mean, it's just like, you know, when you're talking about shifting, you know, let's say that all of these little habits have stem from unconscious beliefs, uh, which stem from our childhoods, um, you know, it, to shift these little behaviors that maybe we recognize finally after years aren't serving us just to even have that awareness is, is already, 
something that comes in stages. Maybe you notice it one day, but to, to have enough awareness where you want to make a change, then it really requires going back so far to like, you know, what was the belief that caused this behavior? What was the unconscious belief that, um, and belief, um, and, or, you know, belief that caused the feeling that created this behavior. I mean, these things just happen to really sh make these shifts take, takes a long time and a lot of a long time. And I also think what's so important Wait, sorry, let me just say, yeah, by yeah. the way, I also do believe that it is possible to suddenly have a shift in consciousness to spontaneously have an experience that, that, that causes real and lasting shifts. So I just want to say that as a side note, but that's a much more rare instance, generally speaking. It takes yeah, it, absolutely. I, I mean, everything is possible. I, 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 I never say never because you just don't know. I mean, people have all sorts of experiences and yes, I, I, I think I mostly say that because I think for most people, especially people who are just trying to survive and just trying to make it through the day and do something better for themselves. It is nice to know that this is a long, hard road for most people, that it, that it can take many tries mm -hmm. and just not to beat oneself up because you made a mistake. Um, you know, I, I think that like, um, it's so easy to give up when that happens to just say, you know, I mean, I've certainly had that and, and, and I don't say that lightly, but I've, I've had points in my life where I'm like, maybe it'd be just better if it was just all over, like just be done. I'm just, this is so hard. And, um, but, but also like the other part of that too, is, um, that when that there are people that just aren't, that's not going to happen for them in this lifetime. Like, they're like some, not going to actually lose those beliefs. They're not, gonna they're just them. not, they're just not, yeah, they're not going to change that they're, you know, there have been so many awarenesses that have come to me about my own behavior, where if you had told me that three years ago, um, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. Like that is not, I do not do that. Mm. And now I'm like, holy shit. I a hundred percent do that. And mm -hmm. I was so blind to my own behavior. Yeah. See, I actually like to, to distill it further. Like I agree that, uh, for some people, maybe this kind of full shift, like some people may not fully reach the potential of their shift in this lifetime. Um, but that, I do, I do think though, that change is inevitable. Like that I think is, it's impossible not to shift. Maybe it's, maybe it's so incrementally that it's barely observable, but I do think like, I mean, look, our entire bodies, all of our cells are different every seven years. You know? Absolutely. Like, you know, absolutely. We're yes. Just, we're change machines. I mean, we can't, we can't help it like in a way. Yeah. It just depends on like, I guess like your level of awareness, your level of willingness is really de what determines maybe like um, uh, how, how quickly and in what direction you want to change. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I think like, I guess for me, it's, it's about like when I have made big changes because I'm obsessive about doing 
work on myself. Cause like, that's my journey. Like that's the thing that I've always been interested in. Um, and then the hardest thing is when you change, when I change and then I, um, have relationship with people who, who aren't changing. And I, and I can see it so clearly because I've just been through that. And so I'm like, Oh, I get it. Like, that's exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing. But then I tried to call their attention to it and they get mad because they aren't there where they can see it. And so like step two of like, you know, me, step one is me doing the work on myself. And then step two is understanding that it's then not my job to do the work for other people. That's right. Like it's, it's so, and, and it's so, it can be so frustrating because you like, I never knew that like the, that I could, that there was like a higher frequency experience of life that like life could feel so much better all of the time, even if it's higher lows, like I'm in such a better state of mind and more at peace than I ever was before. And so then when you're there, it's like, I just want everyone else to feel that too. I want, if I see someone suffering, I want to be like, dude, you can do it. Like you can just, you know, you just got to make these choices and do this, you know, and it's like, you want to be everyone's cheerleader. So that's like, was sort of my next, this is my note. And by the way, we're going to, we're going to like wind this combo down, but I feel like this is a great way to, um, a great time to just maybe talk about how you, you know, you mentioned taking care of yourself first. And so what are the ways that you take care of yourself and what, um, like, you know, you mentioned high frequency, um, like what, what, what are the things that you recommend people do if they want to feel better or what are the perspectives you recommend they adopt or how do you like, can you, can you just talk a little bit about what you do like on a daily or weekly? Yeah, absolutely. Better. There, there's an amazing book that just came out, by the way, I, I have it, I haven't read it yet, but the, um, I've followed the woman on, um, Instagram for a while and, uh, it's called how to do the work. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, her, she, her name is Nicole. Um, I can't remember her last name, but she, uh, she's the holistic psychologist on, on Instagram. Uh-huh. And, um, I think I follow her. Actually. I think it's a great book because I, I think un, unlike a lot of them, it actually gives you actionable steps to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I have like the staples for me, you know, number one is, um, what I eat is a huge way I take care of myself. Like I just notice when I, if I eat junk, if I eat tons of sugar and donuts and like that kind of stuff, uh, I'm definitely in a worse place. So, you know, a daily practice for me is just lots of healthy, clean, minimally processed foods, um, exercise, uh, exercise is huge. And sometimes that means just getting out and walking. Um, you know, I'm in a phase now where I'm doing weightlifting, which I love and, and which, um, is really helpful to me, but just moving my body. I have a a little yoga practice. It's just a, a couple, um, you know, a series of, of poses that I do every single morning. I guess sun salutation. It's, it's, it's not a um, sun salutation. It's literally, I've worked with an Ayurvedic practitioner for like 15 years at this point. And, um, we just kind of, um, 
you know, stitch together a couple of movements that just really feel good to my body. But honestly, I would say for people who hate yoga, because I do, (laughs) (laughs) like just get a, a rhythm of some movements in the morning that just feel good. Like I personally believe our bodies know what they need. And if you just start out like every morning, you know, standing barefoot on the ground and just seeing where your body wants to go. But for me, it's, it's some stretches. It's, there's some cat cow in there, mm-hmm. child's pose, like my favorite pose ever. Cause of course mm-hmm. it's doing, nothing. um, I can wake up feeling like absolute crud and I do that series and I am 180 shift. So that, yeah. you know, it's like, just finding the things that really work for you. I go in and out of meditation. So right now I'm in a non-meditation mode, um, but I'm doing uh, a lot of writing and, you know- Like journaling, I, like morning pages or what? Morning, yeah. I, I just write out like my thoughts. Poetry for me is a big one because poetry tends to, um, like it's easier for me to kind of- uh, attack a, a, an emotion or a feeling because it, like I was saying earlier, it feels more like it comes through me rather than me like thinking to write about something. Um, but you write on, poetry. Yeah. Like that's when you're practicing, you write it. Yeah. Like if I feel very uh, overwhelming emotion, um, I'll really sit with it and just see what kind of comes out. Um, and, um, but, but I honestly, like, I think the, the, I feel like I've said honestly 20 times, the, the most important thing I think for anybody at this, in this day and age is like just getting quiet with ourselves because mm-hmm. and that can be anything. It's just be whatever, you know, go sit on a little patch of grass and just kind of sit still with the sound of the wind or the trees or the birds or because there's so much movement happening and even more now because there's such a buzz of what's happening, what's going on, um, that just to kind of close that off and just be with yourself. The biggest gift that I have given to myself is trusting that I know what's best for me. Mm. Yeah. And and I, yeah. And so what, and tell me just quickly, like what you mentioned, saying a prayer um do you have like a is that part of your practice or is that like how do you pray and are you just you, how often do you pray and what do you oh, pray I just, about i just say what is like there's no i sometimes i make up little mantras for myself like whatever if there's something going on i'll be like um you know uh i release resistance to all the things i can't control mm-hmm. um you know it's something i'll just pop in my head but uh but usually i just talk to, to, I talk to God. I just have a conversation about what I need help with and just try to let that flow be open. But all of that, it comes so easily once you start to get quiet with yourself. Like I, more and more, I, I don't need a teacher or a guru or somebody because there's, there's such a strong connection with myself that I am, and it's such a beautiful feeling when you start to feel like, oh my, I know it's, I'm connected to everything. I know I don't need to go look for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, ultimately I think that's the goal. That's really nice. I think that's the goal too. I really do with all of the work. With all of the work. To, to trust yourself, to give yourself all the approval you need to give yourself the support and the love that you need and to be to make, your best partner. 
Yeah. To make, to make, I, my therapist always says to, to make peace with the man or woman in the mirror. I mean, I, I think the, the, um, the fact that most of us are walking around having not accepted ourselves and we don't even know what that looks like. It's, it's not modeled to us very often. And, um, and the interesting thing is when you start to, to, grow that relationship with yourself the rest of it becomes so easy it's it's then it's just intuitive how to help other people how to be there for other people how to hold space for those who are suffering yes i think that is beautifully said thank um you. oh my god well i mean that feels like a very complete episode <laughs> really <laughs> so thank you for that uh, I was just going to write what you just said down, but I guess I'll just listen it's, back it's to It's there. It. I'll send it. I'll send okay. it. Okay. All right. Great. You're you're sending me. Okay. We'll stop recording now. Thank you so much for doing this. That's our show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster. Reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. We really, really get those messages and we really, really answer them. Links and recommendations for this week's episode can be found at ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes drop on Mondays. Most importantly, if you love this show, please subscribe to it, rate it, review it. We love seeing those. It means a huge deal to the show. We're so grateful for you. We love you. Have a great day. This podcast was produced by the incredible Augusta Chapman with help from our amazing coordinator, Hannah Barbakoff, and our very talented sound engineer, Baraka Jenga. The music, which I absolutely adore, is composed by Sean Hokinson. Mm-hmm.